You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include the January 6th committee hearings are underway, Boris Johnson's ethics advisor quits, and the two other suspects in the South Street shooting were caught. Here's your national news recap for the week of June 12th. A former counselor to former Vice President Mike Pence claims the VP has no legal authority to overturn the results of a presidential election. Greg Jacob testified at a hearing on the January 6th House Committee. Another former Pence advisor said a move to upend the results of a presidential election could have plunged the nation into an unprecedented constitutional crisis. Retired Judge Michael Ludig called the rule of law a profound truth in America and said truth was violated during last year's attack on the Capitol. Pence resisted intense pressure from then-President Trump and concluded he had no constitutional authority to overturn the election. The chairman of the January 6th House Committee is praising former Vice President Mike Pence for his courage in resisting pressure to overturn the 2020 presidential election. During the committee's third public hearing, Mississippi Democrat Benny Thompson said then-President Trump turned the mob on Pence. Thompson noted the chance of some pro-Trump rioters hang Mike Pence during the attack on the Capitol last year. Committee co-chair Liz Cheney said Pence understood that his oath of office was more important than his loyalty to Donald Trump. The Wyoming Republican stressed that Pence did his duty while Trump did not. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said, We don't need to do that, in response to a question about possibly drilling for more oil here in the U.S. Instead, she insisted oil companies boost refinery capacity to levels seen before the COVID pandemic. Her comment came after President Biden sent a letter this week to leading oil companies. He complained about them cutting back on oil refining to pad their profits. ExxonMobil is disputing President Biden's oil industry claims. The North Texas-based energy giant says it has invested $50 billion in U.S. oil production since 2017, the most by any other company. ExxonMobil says they've also been working to increase refining capacity of light crude oil even during the COVID pandemic. The White House claimed energy companies are cutting oil refining to increase profits through high gas prices. Illinois Congressman Sean Kasten is releasing more details about the sudden death of his daughter. In a statement out Wednesday, Kasten said his 17-year-old daughter Gwen went out with a few friends Sunday night before coming home and going to bed like normal but she didn't wake up the next morning. The congressman said the only thing he knows for sure about her death was that it was peaceful. He reminded everyone to savor the moments with their families and to work to build a more generous tomorrow. A Queens Councilwoman is standing by her comments that drag queen events don't belong in public schools. 
Vicky Palladino sent out a series of tweets in response to a New York Post article that said the city had spent more than $2,000 on drag queen story hours in school. In a lengthy statement, New York City Council Speaker Adrian Adams called the tweets transphobic. Paladino's Chief of Staff Nicole Kiprilov says Paladino believes people are free to express themselves and their identities, but it doesn't belong in a school setting where children should be learning their ABCs. Kiprilov says the councilwoman makes every decision and statement based on community feedback. Two more probable cases of monkeypox in Sacramento County are being reported. According to Sacramento County Public Health, the new cases are unrelated to the initial five cases reported and are related to travel within the U.S. Contact tracing is underway and the investigation is ongoing. Symptoms include a rash in addition to the other more common viral symptoms like a fever. Symptoms appear within one to three days and the illness typically lasts two to four weeks. The nation's leading infectious disease expert has COVID. Dr. Anthony Fauci tested positive, and he's dealing with what are described as mild symptoms. He has received both of his initial COVID shots along with two boosters. A statement noted he hasn't been in close contact with President Biden. Fauci became the face of the government's response to the pandemic by making numerous media appearances each week. A man accused of murdering his ex-girlfriend is now on trial in Los Angeles. The federal case against Stephen Beale is based on a bombing at Orange County Day Spa in 2018. One woman was killed and two were injured when they opened a package. Federal prosecutors say they found significant evidence in the Long Beach home of the suspect. His defense lawyer insists the FBI arrested the wrong person. The 63-year-old faces federal charges of use of a weapon of mass destruction and many other counts. He could get life in prison if convicted on all charges. The trial of a man accused of breaking into a 74-year-old Edgewater, Maryland woman's home and assaulting her is underway. Paul Harrell is charged with home invasion, attempted rape, and other charges in connection with last August's attack. Police say the 49-year-old held a knife to the victim in her bedroom before she was able to fight him off and sound an alarm in the home. During opening statements, prosecutors said the intruder picked the wrong person, adding she's 74 but in good shape. A longtime South Brunswick, New Jersey school employee is dead after being struck by a vehicle while working outside the building. Authorities say 53-year-old Dean Battaglia was spraying weeds outside Crossroads North Middle School when he was struck on George's Road Wednesday morning. First responders tried to save Battaglia's life, but he died at the scene. Following a four-hour investigation, Middlesex County prosecutors did not announce any charges against the driver who stayed at the scene. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. Authorities across much of the Muslim world have barred Disney's latest animated film, Lightyear, from being played at cinemas after the inclusion of a brief kiss between a lesbian couple, the company said Thursday as the movie premiered. Thirteen nations and the Palestinian territory barred the Pixar film that has actor Chris Evans voicing the inspiration for the astronaut hero Buzz Lightyear from the Toy Story movies, the Walt Disney Company said. This represents a major challenge at the box office for one of Disney's biggest animated films of the year, as the film industry comes out of the depths of the coronavirus pandemic. Analysts estimated it could gross over $100 million in its first weekend. Lightyear includes a female character voiced by actress Uzo Aduba, 
briefly kissing her female partner in one scene in the $200 million film. That proved too much for the censors in many Muslim-majority nations where laws often criminalize same-sex relationships. Nations that have refused to allow the film to be shown include Bahrain, Egypt, Indonesia, Iraq, Jordan, Kuwait, Lebanon, Malaysia, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Syria, and the UAE, Disney said. The UAE, home to Abu Dhabi and Dubai, early this week announced it would not allow the film to screen. Chris Evan, who voices Buzz Lightyear in the new movie, told AP News, Yeah, it's frustrating. It feels good to be a part of something that's making social progress. But with this ribbon of bittersweet frustration at the same time, there are still places that have not caught up. U.S. News reports, The ethics advisor to Britain's scandal-hit Prime Minister Boris Johnson has quit and accused the conservative government of planning to flout conduct rules weeks after a separate investigation criticized the U.K. ruler for overseeing a culture of government rule-breaking. Christopher Geit stepped down late Wednesday with a terse statement, saying with regret, I feel that it is right that I'm resigning from my post as independent advisor on ministers' interests, Johnson's office said. It was surprised by the decision. In a resignation letter, which was published Thursday by the government, Geit said he was put in an impossible position because the government asked him to advise on measures that would risk a deliberate and purposeful breach of the ministerial code that regulates government conduct. He did not elaborate but said, I can have no part in this. In response, Johnson indicated the issue concerned tariffs imposed to protect a crucial industry which might be seen to conflict with our obligations under the World Trade Organization. The government declined to confirm reports that the industry is steelmaking, citing commercial sensitivity. Britain has imposed anti-dumping tariffs on Chinese steel to protect its domestic industry and has recently proposed extending them for five more years. Johnson's spokesman said, no decisions have been taken on what to do about the tariffs. Coming from NBC News, new satellite imagery may indicate North Korea is preparing to conduct another nuclear test at its Pungari test site and could do so at any time. According to a new report by Beyond Parallel, project focused on Korea at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. Analysts of images from Sunday, June 12 shows ongoing work at one tunnel area called Tunnel Number 3 and new construction at another, Tunnel Number 4, said the authors of the report. The rebuilding and preparation of Tunnel Number 3, which began approximately four months ago, appears to be complete, said the authors, and is ready for an off-speculated seventh nuclear test. The report also found that the new construction activity at Tunnel Number 4 strongly suggests an effort to re-enable it for potential future testing. The timing of a seventh nuclear test now rests solely within the hands of Kim Jong-un, said the report. Earlier this week, South Korean Minister of Foreign Affairs Jin Park said, North Korea appears to be ready to test. It is being observed that preparations for a nuclear test are completed. So now only a political decision remains, he said. U.S. officials also believe North Korea could be planning an underground nuclear test this month. Now is Connor Brown with your international news report. I am Carly Murray, and this is the local news. Starting with news in Philadelphia, two suspects in the South Street shooting were arraigned on murder charges Thursday morning. The 18-year-olds were found in Richmond, Virginia and extradited to Philadelphia. 
According to law enforcement, the two young men accused each other of perpetrating the deadly massacre. Two other suspects were already arrested. Justin Bieber has postponed his Philadelphia concert after he was diagnosed with Ramsey-Hunt syndrome last week. The concert was supposed to take place Thursday night at the Wells Fargo Center. His Madison Square Garden concerts have been postponed as well. A teenager was shot in the leg Monday night by a disgruntled delivery driver while working at Chick-fil-A. The employee is home from the hospital but still has a bullet in his knee. This occurred at the location on Adams Avenue in Philadelphia's Crescentville neighborhood. According to police, the suspect pulled out a gun after claiming a milkshake was missing from the pickup order. Police are searching for multiple suspects in two attempted thefts at King of Prussia Mall on Monday. Both victims were approached in the parking lot and the suspects attempted to snatch their purses. In New Jersey, a man drowned at a Wildwood Beach Wednesday, which is the third drowning at a Cape May County beach in two weeks. Beachgoers attempted to revive William's Pathy and no lifeguard was on duty. 45-year-old Pathy's death follows the drownings of a 53-year-old and a 19-year-old. The Wildwood Police and Fire Departments have placed an emphasis on swimming only while a lifeguard is present. A Cherry Hill man is missing and police requested help from the public on Tuesday. 68-year-old Peter Myers' car was found unoccupied in Wharton State Forest on June 6th, and a family member reported him missing on June 8th. Cherry Hill Police can be contacted with information at 856-488-7828. An ex-police chief was indicted this week following accusations of choking and threatening to kill a woman. Franklin S. Brown Jr., who once served as chief for the Glassboro Police Department, was charged with aggravated assault on a domestic violence victim, simple assault, and making terroristic threats last year. Brown retired as chief in 2019 and resigned from the Clayton Borough City Council after the incident. Atlantic Highlands Police are investigating the death of an unidentified woman found in a vehicle near Asbury Avenue Friday morning. The circumstances are still unknown and the investigation is ongoing. Paul McCartney was in New Jersey on Thursday for the final concert in his Got Back tour. Sir Paul played at East Rutherford's MetLife Stadium. New Jersey's own Wendy Williams did not appear on the final episode of her show on Friday. She has been suffering from an ongoing illness and there have been guest hosts in her absence. Police have reported that thousands of dollars were stolen from elderly Delaware residents. The scammers allegedly posed as family members in need of money for bail and came to the residences of 83- to 90-year-old victims to collect amounts between $9,000 and $15,000 for fake, urgent legal situations. One potential victim was suspicious after a suspect refused to show identification. Four different victims have contacted police so far. In New York news, the Buffalo supermarket gunman was charged with federal hate crimes on Wednesday in addition to state-filed charges. With these new charges, he will be facing the death penalty. A national lifeguard shortage has been reported during the tri-state area's string of drownings. Because of this, New York City is canceling swim safety programs this summer. On Wednesday, New York City Mayor Eric Adams endorsed Governor Kathy Hochul's campaign to fulfill her term. Hochul replaced Andrew Cuomo after his resignation and will compete in the Democratic primary on June 28th. Central Park's Woolman Rink transformed into a roller disco Thursday. This special event will last until October 1st. The Museum of Broadway is set to open in the heart of Manhattan this November, and it has been announced that tickets will go on sale to the public June 21st. I am Carly Murray, and that was the local news. I'm Sam Natuches with your Rowan News. 
Two videos produced at Rowan University to introduce rural high school students to STEM careers have won national tele awards. The virtual reality 360-degree videos were produced for STEM VRCE, short for STEM through Virtual Reality Career Exploration, which is a research project funded through an over $400,000 grant from the National Science Foundation. The videos won three tele awards. The awards are judged by members of the Tele Awards Judging Council, a group of more than 200 working industry professionals who themselves are previous tele recipients. Produced and directed by radio, television, film professor Christopher Winkler, the videos work to expose high school students, specifically those in minority and rural populations, to STEM-related careers through live-action, 360-degree virtual reality presentation. The six-minute VR videos feature professionals from underrepresented groups who work as survey mapping technicians, geological technicians, quality control analysts, and environmental engineering technicians, among others. The careers highlighted in the study are often overlooked by students considering career options, but are high need and growing in the South Jersey region. The goal of the project is to study the effect of VR videos and career exploration modules in increasing student knowledge of the careers and aiding a student career decision making. The videos, in effect, provide an immersive field trip, giving high school students the chance to get guided 360-degree live-action tours of STEM technicians at work, according to Winkler. One of the videos, titled GIS Career 360 VR Experience, won two bronze tele awards in the Immersive and Mixed Reality Education and Training category and the Immersive and Mixed Reality Use of 360 category. A second video, titled Surveying and Mapping Career 360 VR Experience, won a silver tele award in the immersive and mixed reality education and training category. The STEM VRCE grant project team includes College of Education professors Sarah Ferguson and Kara Yeva, Winkler from the Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts, and College of Education graduate research assistant Kamel Ash. Currently, the videos are in active use by STEM VRCE partner high schools, which include Delsey High School and Cumberland and Northern Burlington County Regional High Schools. The videos will be available for open public viewing when the research project concludes next year. I'm Sam Deschuches, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. I'm Danny Ryan with your news from around the professional sports world. Starting in the NFL, let's take a look at how America's team is doing, shall we? Early Thursday evening, Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy was fined $100,000 for violating the NFL's offseason practice rules. The NFL deems some of McCarthy's practices this offseason as too physical, hence the hefty fine. The league also removed one of few organized team activities that the team will have available to them in 2023. This is the second straight offseason in which McCarthy and the Cowboys organization have been fined for practices that have violated rules. Last offseason, McCarthy was fined $50,000 while the Cowboys received a fine of $100,000. However, the Cowboys were not fined this time around due to McCarthy's reoccurring practice violations. In other news from around the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers have locked up star safety Minka Fitzpatrick as the former Dolphins signed a five-year deal worth nearly $93 million in total. If you do the math, that adds up to nearly $18.5 million per season. This extension makes Fitzpatrick the highest paid player at the safety position as the former Alabama product enters just his fifth year in the NFL at age 25. Taking a glance at the NBA, fans, the wait is finally over. A 2022 NBA champion has been crowned and they look very similar. 
The Golden State Warriors defeated the Boston Celtics 103-90 in Game 6 of the NBA Finals Thursday evening, clinching the franchise's seventh championship all-time. This championship counts for Golden State's fourth in the past eight years and their first championship victory since 2018. The Warriors, led by 2022 Finals MVP Stephen Curry, have solidified themselves as one of the greatest dynasties the NBA has ever seen. As for Boston, they'll have to wait at least another year before their championship aspirations come to fruition. In Game 6, the Celtics turned the ball over 22 times, allowing 13 steals to the undersized Warriors. Jason Tatum struggled mightily in this win-or-go-home situation, shooting 6-for-18 from the field, 1-for-4 from three-point range, tallying only 13 points in 40 minutes. Stephen Curry seemed to thrive off of Tatum's struggles in this one, shooting 12-for-21 from the field, 6-for-11 from three, while tallying 34 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists as the future Hall of Famer solidified his case for his first-ever Finals MVP award. Speaking of finals, the NHL Finals are well underway in Denver, Colorado. The Colorado Avalanche took a 1-0 series lead at home Wednesday evening in overtime after a 4-3 victory. It was a hard-fought battle with the well-experienced Tampa Bay Lightning, but in the end, Colorado forward Andre Burakovsky sealed the deal securing a game-winning score with 18 minutes and 37 seconds left in the overtime period. The series will stay in Denver for Game 2 as the NHL Finals will resume tonight, Saturday, June 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Once again, this is Danny Ryan with your professional sports news signing off right here on the Rowan Report. I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. Thousands of casino workers in Atlantic City could go on strike before the 4th of July holiday weekend. The workers voted by 96% to authorize a strike at five of Atlantic City's nine casinos with a deadline of July 1st. Their contract expired on May 31st, and union organizers say the workers' wages have fallen behind for years due to the Great Recession in 2008, damages from Hurricane Sandy in 2012, the recent pandemic, and inflation. House Republicans are demanding a probe of the White House staff related to the student loan forgiveness plan. Brian Shook reports. They believe there's collusion among members of the Biden administration working on the policy who may have their own personal student loan debt. Biden's most recent proposal would forgive $10,000 in student loan debt for borrowers with a household yearly income below $300,000. The Republican lawmakers say the policy is an unjust wealth transfer from hardworking Americans. I'm Brian Shook. Elon Musk met with Twitter employees Thursday for the first time since offering to buy the social media giant. The all-hands meeting was announced to employees via email on Monday, saying they'd be able to send in questions in advance of the meeting. Musk reached a deal in April to acquire Twitter, but has since clashed with the company several times over the number of bots or fake accounts that exist on Twitter. He even said last month he was putting the deal on hold. A bill aimed at addressing supply chain issues and shipping backlogs is set to be signed into law. Trey Thomas reports. The bipartisan Ocean Shipping Reform Act passed the House earlier this week after passage in the Senate in late March. President Biden is expected to sign off on the measure to ease supply chain strains. I'm Trey Thomas. The federal interest rate hike will affect borrowing costs for every American family. That means higher interest costs for mortgages, credit cards, and car loans. The hope of the increase is to cool the economy and slow down inflation. The fear from some investors is that the action could trigger a recession. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report.
And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. Justin Bieber is giving an update after he announced he's been diagnosed with a rare facial condition. The singer says he's recovering from Ramsey Hunt syndrome, which paralyzes parts of his face. Bieber says each day has gotten better and through all the discomfort, he's found comfort in faith. An iconic Marilyn Monroe dress is now allegedly damaged. It was recently worn by Kim Kardashian at the 2022 Met Gala. The Marilyn Monroe collection shared a photo on Instagram which showed the bedazzled dress missing some crystals and others barely hanging on by a thread. The post also went into detail about the efforts to preserve the dress even by sending a security team with Kardashian to the gala to oversee her every move. The reality TV star says she underwent a dramatic weight loss to be able to fit into the dress. Beyonce is releasing her first new album in six years. The news was announced Wednesday in a tweet from the title streaming service, which just said Beyonce Renaissance July 29th. The singer's website says Renaissance will include 16 tracks and will be available as a box set. It's Beyonce's first album since Lemonade in 2016, which debuted at number one on the Billboard chart and went triple platinum. Lizzo is responding to criticism of her new song, Girls. The single from Lizzo's upcoming album special contains a lyric that the disabled community consider an ableist slur. In a post on Instagram Monday night, Lizzo said she understands the power words can have since she's had so many hateful words used against her. She went on to say that the new version of the song will be released with a lyric change that removes the slur. Lizzo ended her post by saying, As an influential artist, I'm dedicated to being a part of the change I've been wanting to see in the world. Jennifer Hudson is achieving EGOT status. That means the singer and actress is one of the few entertainers to bag an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award. She's the third youngest person and third black person to achieve the entertainment milestone. Other noted EGOT earners include John Legend, Mel Brooks, and Audrey Hepburn. Amber Heard is sharing her feelings about the jury's verdicts in the defamation case Johnny Depp filed against her. In a clip of an interview shared by the Today Show, Heard said she doesn't blame the jury for the verdict being in Depp's favor, stating they were influenced by his stardom. She also says social media impacted the final decision and there is an unequal representation of her and Depp in the media. Heard has been ordered to pay Depp $10.4 million in damages. Dolly Parton is donating $1 million towards pediatric infectious disease research. Officials at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville are calling her donation a transformative gift. This isn't the country music legend's first donation to the medical center. Her gift of a million dollars back in 2020 for coronavirus research helped fund development of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine. I'm Karina Cologne, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.